They spent a year, a whole team, evaluating, sitting through demos, doing this, doing that. The amazing thing is, is that this guy's one critical requirement was never met in any of the systems they looked at, but he was only one vote. He got outvoted. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. One channel that might not be immediately apparent to be different would be the office dealer space. It has similar flavors such as building material and auto part distribution for the requirements of local fleets and PODs. It also has unique integration requirements with furniture manufacturers and distributors that might be more expensive with horizontal offerings. Also, they have unified commerce requirements at a much smaller scale where they need inventory to be synced between stores and e-commerce portal along with mobile. So which ERP system is suitable for this industry? If you have guessed DDMS Plus, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of ECI TDMS Plus capabilities. We covered many grounds, including the nuances of the office supply space and how the needs of this space are very similar to building materials and HVAC space. Finally, we covered ECI's corporate strategy and how this product compares to other products in ECI portfolio, as well as of their competitors. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution. And today we have a very interesting and probably unknown vendor unless not vendor solution unless you come from this industry this is a very unique niche industry and this is definitely a very unique solution as well so we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that before we do that we are going to start with everybody's intros i am going to start with my intro if you don't know me sam gupta principal at elevate iq elevate iq is the independent erp and digital transformation consulting firm on that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and uh, I own an operations consulting business, working with leaders in manufacturing and distribution, helping them to systemize their business and uh, drive operational efficiency and uh, come to you with more than 20 years of experience in operations and uh, excited to be here with you all. Excited to uh, to review this uh, solution today. Thanks for having Thank me, Sam. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Always appreciate you. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next. Thank you so much, Sam, for inviting me, and it's great to see you, Dave. Happy New Year. I've, I've been involved in ERP software specifically for uh, SMB-type manufacturers all my life. And I started in 1981, which is a long time ago, and uh, I've worked all over North America. I lived in the U.S. for 11 years, although I, I'm uh, born and braised, born and not born and braised, born and raised <laughs> in you know, outside of Vancouver in British Columbia. And I also teach people how to uncover the truth about ERP systems. I, I should have invited you to attend last week, Sam. You would Dave was actually signed up, but he didn't get a chance. But um, I need to sign up for that. Well, you, you would have got a good <laughs> laugh, if nothing else. I always tell people, you might pull a nugget or two out to help you uncover the truth about ERP systems before you buy, but 
I'll guarantee I'll make you laugh. So I'm, I'm, you, I'm positive about that as well. Uh, thank you so much, Andy, uh, for being here. And if you're in the audience and uh, joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. And uh, if you run out of time, then we'll make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, I am going to provide quick background about ECI as well as uh, this solution. And then I would like to hear from you guys if you have any experience either in the industry or the similar patches. So ECI DDMS Plus is a very unique solution. And there is a very loyal following of this solution. Okay, you would not believe how loyal the following is. And ECI, before I jump on to the solution, let's talk about ECI overarching corporate strategy. They have very similar strategy as uh, Info Apicore in terms of going purpose built, but their average customer size is probably going to be smaller than these vendors. They are targeting slightly more e-commerce space. ECI in general, the way the company started, they were more of the web development company then they switched in the erp space now they are owned by private equity so obviously there's a lot of changes there overall from the company and the corporate strategy perspective but their mindset the philosophy the psychology of the product as well as the corporate strategy remain same so they like to target any of the verticals that are going to be e-commerce heavy they are going to be primarily in that quickbooks segment where they are trying to provide far more value as part of the integrated solution. And sometimes you are going to be amazed by the amount of functionality that they can provide in the package. Obviously, they are sort of not going to be cheap in terms of the kind of workload that they can pull off, but overall their functionality is going to be broad. For example, you know, things such as your unified commerce experience. Just because it's one system, it's just easier to provide, but these customers are probably going to get all of those experiences. They are probably going to get a lot of TMS-centric functionality as part of this package as well, which is going to be prohibitively expensive if you are going to be using a best-of-breed TMS, best-of-breed ERP, and then trying to integrate. Even you'll be lucky if it might work overall from the seamless integration perspective. So these packages, even though they are going to be small, they can provide a lot more value to these smaller customers. DDMS Plus is positioned for the office supply channel and these are going to be the channels of for example let's say office depot or rico so these oems are going to be very technical sharp and i don't know if technical is the right term to define uh, and the reason why i am calling them as technical is because Obviously, they started as more of the sort of the managed service providers, the way IT businesses work, the print business and print, not your print, Dave. Okay, this is a different print. <laughs> this is like the real printer, printer, print. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so this is very different overall, the way their channels work, the way their distribution strategy is. But each of the channels are going to have very specific business model. And I think I have been big proponent from the beginning that, you know, ERPs are designed based on the associations. They are your aligned to your channels. So this one is aligned to your office supply channel, and that's where they and that's why they have such a loyal following. I remember some of the add-ons on top of even some of the common ones, such as SAP Business One. There used to be a system called Forza. Okay, that was a very, very, very popular. Uh, ERP system, people didn't even recognize SAP Business One name. They recognized Forza, okay? So I believe they must be competitor in this space, but that was on top of SAP Business One. So again, very, very, very loyal following, just the way your Apicor Eclipse is going to have, or your, which one did we review the other time uh, from Apicor? That was a very small one. Uh, um, building, it was uh, the, 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 uh... building material one. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say uh, a, a sawmill type of system. Yeah, I cannot keep track of these systems. Uh, I'll see if I can find it real quick. You, you uh, missed it, Dave. I, I know you were not there in that session, but it's a, it was a very unique, mind-blowing system. No, 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 Bistrack, Bistrack, I got it, Bistrack. Bistrack. Yeah, Bistrack, yeah. So, yeah, so Bistrack was very unique because of the kind of integrations that you are uh, going to be needing in those spaces, the kind of workflows they are going to have. So this track in general is very unique just because the 
the kind of BIM you are going to have, the building information model, which is very different. Okay, so this space is not as different. You are going to find a lot of similar integrations. You are going to have POD issues, and sometimes I wonder why they have POD in this particular space. To be honest, okay. So, but I mean, POD is very common even in this space. The more regionalized the business is going to be, the more POD they are going to have because customers sometimes they just accept the delivery and they are going to say, "I never received it." <laughs> Send me another one. So that's why they need to have POD in the auto part space in this space. So that makes all of these things very challenging. So that's for the brief. I know we have not covered com- competition technology. I can touch more, but I'll open up the floor for you guys. I don't really have anything to say, Sam. I'm looking forward to learning and analyzing totally objectively here today. Okay, amazing. Dave? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of uh, echo what Andy said. Um, My only, you know, I don't have any direct experience with this particular solution, but, you know, as I look through the deck and kind of listen to your breakdown on there, I mean, there's definitely uh, some of those, you know, smaller kind of I wouldn't even call them regional, right? They're they're, they're really localized market yeah. uh, distribution businesses. Um, and in and around what I've mostly seen is in and around that kind of the janitorial, the the break room supplies, the office products, you know, those types of of uh, distribution businesses. And, and all of that functionality makes a tremendous amount of sense. And to me, it makes a tremendous amount of sense that this isn't, you know, a, a, a necessarily as robust as you know some of the more mainstream systems uh just because you're you're in most cases probably not talking about a you know 15 million plus dollar a year business uh i would say in most scenarios yeah Yeah. great points but in my experience in nd i don't know if you have come across them in any of the deals since you covered manufacturing you are not going to see them in manufacturing they are prevalent in the distribution market for the most part uh janitorial i don't know if i have Mm. ever seen them in that market in general that's a very tricky market they don't use any erp systems to be honest okay it's very hard to penetrate that market the way it works they'll always pick up your call but they will not use any erp system that's a very interesting market okay yeah i i think that and i don't know sam depends on what you lump into that but i've seen uh like in uh um like the machine the uniform space i see that this what i had in my mind on the janitorial side is almost that combination distribution effort like uh in the print manufacturing space we would have a lot of these companies would supply some corrugated material some office type supplies some break room type supplies and along with that would be some janitorial items i don't know if that was along the lines of what you were thinking or more in that uh kind of linen type business because i personally have seen a distinction in those two types of businesses yeah, and uniform is a very interesting layer, to be honest, okay, and depending upon what they are doing with those uniforms, okay, if they are manufacturing, that's a different deal, okay? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Different. Yeah, okay. these would, this would be like servicing the uh, uniforms and the different types of linens, you know, the shop towels and things like that. Yeah, if they are dealers, then I can see why this might work. But, I mean, if they have the brick and mortar shops, it might be slightly difficult because they have to, they need merchandising capabilities if they have brick and mortar because inventory planning is going to be there but if you're simply supplying it to uh, large offices then that's going to be more of the field service play as opposed to it's not necessarily a field service so it's sort of all over the place i mean the reason yeah. why there is a little commonality in these spaces because there's going to be a lot of field service functionality that is going to be required and typically traditional distribution software they didn't have that so this is more field service and less distribution so that's where the real trick is <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but not as complex transactions from the field service perspective. The yeah. field, field service is going to be very common. I mean, you don't have field service as complex as your construction where you need to do time entry, material entry, etc. Uh, it's going to be slightly easier. Any other comments, guys? No? Okay, so let's uh, do some slides here. So here they are saying compete online with big box retailers. Okay, and this is very commoditized space. So obviously, the big box retailers, what they are doing is they are doing their DTC strategy. Okay, they are going to be competing with the local distributors. Now, local distributors need to have the e-commerce presence or they are out of the market (laughs) because why would they work with them, right? Uh, So they typically work with them because of their relationship, because of local presence. But in the commoditized market, it's always going to be challenging. So... Some OEMs, what they are trying to do is they are trying to provide the web infrastructure for their channel, for their distributors. 
So in this particular patch, that might not be true just yet. They might uh, pick up that later on. So for example, let's say if you look at the auto parts space, they have started all of my distributors, franchises. They are supposed to be using the platform that I provide. So you don't necessarily need an ERP system because your OEM has already provided you. But now that sort of creates the lock because you are not an independent business. <laughs> you are getting everything from your OEM. So what do you do for your business? And when you are going to be working with multiple vendors, then also there is going to be a challenge because you need your own identity. And this is very similar to, for example, let's say if you look at ERP resellers, the way their business model is, they are very tied to this one particular vendor and everything they are going to do, whatever their OEMs are going to say. So again, this is a very, very, very similar business model, depending upon how diverse their business model is. For the most part, the more loyal they are going to be with the OEM, the more business they are going to get from the OEM. So that's how their corporate strategy works. So there are always going to be pros and cons of every single business model. So here they are talking about, in this particular space at least, I think OEMs will figure out that they need to provide the infrastructure because they are going to get all of the data. But right now, it's probably not there just because the space is not probably as mature. So here they are saying by using our distribution ERP software to manage your office products business, you can drive business efficiencies and growth both online and brick and mortar. And that's a rocket science in the bigger space, to be honest. Okay, When you are going to be using multiple systems in your architecture, when you have your e-commerce, when you have your POS layer, that unified experience is very, very, very hard to pull off in general, even for bigger businesses. But in the smaller business, when you are, you know, you don't have as many transactions, you have e-commerce layer powered through your POS layer, it's still very easy. And that's why they are, these guys are able to do that. And sometimes it might feel that you are getting a lot more functionality as part of this platform. <laughs> it's just easy because your transactions are not as many as uh, some of the bigger businesses are going to have. They have different problems. Any comments, guys? Or shall I move on? Move on. Oh, okay. good. So here we have the patches. I have definitely come across them in the office product, office equipment space. The contract furniture space is even trickier, guys. Okay. The contract furniture space in general, they go through very different processes. They are going to have similar CAD modeling. The way the exchange between your manufacturer and distributor is going to work. They have a little process for catalog exchange. So that's a very, very unique space as well. And typically you are going to require a lot more integration. And that's why I like to compare this space with your building material because you have very tight collaboration between your, but it's not as tight as your automotive. In automotive, you are literally forecasting together. So you literally need to connect your system together. Here you are collaborating, but the collaboration is light. It, it's not as strong. Beverage and break room, that's a tricky one. I don't know what beverage is doing there, to be honest. I don't know how they can uh, work on this ERP unless you are literally supplying bottles, you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Maybe you're thirsty. On a serious side, I guess they are probably <laughs> replenishing vending machines. Uh, that must, you know, that's slightly easier process in my mind. The janitorial sanitation is a very interesting space as well. I think it's because of the field service capabilities. The IT consumables is another one that is very, very common. It's a very similar business model as your uh, Ricos of the world. But now even these business models have become very complex because now they have the managed print offering. Okay, that's a very subscription-based business model, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't think these software is going to be enough when you are either selling or reselling um, your managed services offering because traditionally it was just a box push that these industries did. But now it's very value-added offering and the, the whole financial exchange that you are going to have is going to be very different. You have a lot more commission split issues there because you have a lot of more handshakes involved. So again, the business is evolving. So I don't know how many businesses can really be on this software board for the smaller one. Probably this is going to be okay. Some more comments here, supplier integration. And this is where I was talking about integrating with major office products and furniture supplies, SP Richards. And Ascendant, I guess I, I have heard of them. I mean, they are really involved overall from the integration perspective. And most furniture patches are going to ask for that integration. And that integration could be very involved. Now, this could be perceived as more of the punch-out integration, EDI integration, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes that could be very expensive for a smaller shops. And the reason why DDMS Plus works is because they are going to have these pre-baked integrations. If you want to buy an ERP product that is going to have all this, Sometimes the bars and ISVs, they are going to provide these integrations if we are focusing just on those patches. So that could be the other possibility 
that you might be able to get if you are not uh, you know on board with this one and that's where the sap business one forza our product comes in i guess um some more comments here distributed replenishment process that's very similar to distribution manage multiple locations very similar to retail apicor profit 21 is probably going to be comparable there support multiple vendors prices purchase units of measure and item numbers for each product to streamline picking and packing operations a complete tool set to manage complex furniture projects now this is another challenge so you have field service you have the projects but the projects were there in the building material one as well this track we saw a project in the case of your hvac patches wall in apicor clips so it's very interesting because they need a lot in general and that's why these packages work because if you are going to be on quickbooks what are you going to do 15000 add-ons <laughs> you want to run your business and this can provide a lot more so here through operational visibility supply chain integration detailed profitability management everybody's going to have those buzzwords to be honest they don't mean a ton but for a smaller business you can get a lot broad functionality for managing contract billing can you believe this contract billing is very complex and with the managed services offering it's going to be even more complex in general so we are talking about scenarios of zora of the world okay it gets very involved in terms of asc 606 compliance if you i mean smaller businesses I don't know how good they are going to be with ASE ASE 606 but for the most part if you are decent sized business then if you are being audited then you have to comply then you have to account for your revenue appropriately um so again I don't know how much they can do but they seem to have something there anything else no I think I'm good any comments well it's interesting they include that and they emphasize this a couple times about project management capabilities it doesn't seem to I mean nor- you wouldn't normally think about project management in line with uh selling to big box retailers but it's interesting so this one is for contract furniture and that's why i had mentioned that the furniture space is slightly different than your office supplies space in the office supply space i don't think you are going to have a project unless you are taking smaller jobs of let's say doing a little i don't know i mean in the office area you might be doing a little project there and if you are doing but for the most part in the office supply space you are not going to see those Things. No. let's say if you're building a little conference room you know not the real construction construction but just assembly that could be a possibility but contract furniture space is very different okay there you are building custom furniture because for office you, there's going to be a designer interior designer who's going sure. to come up with something and then you have to so design it's not just a piece of furniture it's a whole system of furniture oh yeah, oh, yeah. gotcha oh, yeah. okay oh yeah offices in general mm. people spend a lot of money if it is going to be a physical location um they might not spend as much money on ERP <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any money left over exactly <laughs> but for office i mean it's definitely uh, you know they they spend a lot okay so here some more comments e-commerce site into a super sales person with e-commerce web design so you are going to see a lot more e-commerce in their descriptions the reason for that is because they are really into that okay so they started as more of the e-commerce company ECI's portfolio if you look at most of the products they are very e-commerce focused the kind of patches they like to target they have to have the e-commerce flavor otherwise ECI is probably not interested in those opportunities so they really like to go after that the jump track proof of delivery okay so most likely when they you read jump track proof of delivery meaning there must be a guy who created jump track product and they ended up acquiring <laughs> that's why it's called jump jump track proof of delivery but or, and by the way it has track from best track okay so obviously there is some commonality there maybe the same guy created <laughs> because there is a lot uh, common in the best track space and this space so proof of delivery again i think this is more of a trust issue process issue but this is how the industry operated and they have to get that otherwise it's it's a huge issue and what is the name of the process and you guys can remind me i think this is called dispatch to receive that's a very tms centric process so once you dispatch typically most erp system they are like okay i'm done <laughs> go on tms you do the your job uh, but that's where the real problem starts you have to dispatch you have to schedule your fleets and then finally when you deliver to the customer then you are supposed to get the signature and that signature is going to be that's what is going to account for and uh, i think in bestrack product we had seen the whole process was different okay the way you sort of package your product was very 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 different from the way erp systems would do it okay so you were literally when you were picking and packing what you were doing is 
you are literally picking and packing on the delivery receipt the way your uh, fleets are going to be configured so very 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 different business processes the way these businesses are structured and sometimes even i'm pretty sure even these guys might be doing the same thing because that's how they think about this okay they are not as busy in the warehouse so for them warehouse is a car <laughs> because that's what delivers okay oh. so they are going to be packing on the car and they are going to be delivering because you need to keep track of where you need to do the route planning so they or are far busier or truck or something like that <laughs> exactly exactly they don't care for you know how the warehouse processes work because they don't have as much efficiency they might have a very small warehouse and they might pick you know whatever but then in your carrier or in your truck you are spending on fuel so you still have to do route planning so that's why they are extremely particular about how this is going to be packaged but very interesting business in general what else do we have here product details from any mobile device including tablets and smartphones and again that's a very unified commerce experience <laughs> okay yeah, you might not be able to get that even if you are going to be spending let's say 10 million dollar uh, on the infrastructure but i mean at this level things are still okay when you are operating on one system the problems start when you are going to have multiple systems in your architecture you are going to use just one and this is where these guys are really good to be honest that's what they are trying to do they are trying to help small and medium sized businesses in providing just one system okay for everything end to end so you can get a lot more the moment you are going to have the best of breed you are not going to get as much value from these guys then you have the punch out integration can you believe this and punch out obviously you are probably going to hear these things in the enterprise space but the reason why they have to have this is because their oems might be mandating that you know what if you cannot integrate with punch out i'm not going to work with you so if you want to win those larger accounts you have to have punch out integration so that's why they are saying ideal for winning larger accounts punch out integrations give your customers control over their purchasing activities uh, on your site so that's where that collaboration comes it's not going to be as deep collaboration where you are doing forecasting the way you would do in automotive space because there you know because of your delivery their production is going to be stopped in the automotive okay so they are far serious in terms of who they want to work with here that's okay if you don't supply toilet tissue one day you know not a big deal <laughs> you can go somewhere else i guess <laughs> and buy them any comments guys no uh, okay to your customers procurement system allows them to manage their purchasing and invoicing processes within their internal business software now if you look at the payment processing and this is going to be a concern uh, for a lot of companies because you are going to be limited with the options that you are going to get typically with these vendors because again they are providing you the fully packaged experience from everything from payment so you know you cannot pick and choose it's going to be okay you take this or leave it okay so let's say if you are very particular about which credit card you are going to be using or which payment processor are you going to be using that's where the problem starts okay so you are not going to have a ton of options if you use everything from eci epicor and four that's where these vendors are really really good that's where you are going to get a lot of value especially if you are small you cannot afford to integrate but most businesses they are probably going to overcomplicate their architecture it could be because of political struggle <laughs> whatever the reasons may be but they are probably going to be using three or four systems and you know that's where the real problems are but here you know the payment that you have to it's very reasonable 300 a month is what like $3000 a year <laughs> well that's uh, that's saving 300 a month so $3600 a year or 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 $600 huh. a year it's like a like it's interesting they they're advertising that small amount because you would think that'd be insignificant but these dealers are very small uh, and in general so you are looking I, at you know 5 million and below or probably oh, 3 million yeah. and below mm -hmm. so for them that's probably a significant money <clears throat> yeah okay okay now let's look at the screen okay the pitch always sounds fancy right <laughs> it's like a dream now that's what i tell people <laughs> pitch is always beautiful <laughs> once you look at the screen okay what's going on here okay and it was very 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 hard to find these screenshots to be honest you mm. don't have any sort of demos because it's a recent acquisition if i remember correctly okay so obviously it's a very simple lean product it can do a lot but very lean capabilities from the erp perspective so as you can see like these screens are not as busy now obviously they are going to sell it as very simple to use very easy to use <laughs> yeah it looks like it's rather old doesn't it yeah i mean technology is not going to be i don't think they are investing in technology yeah i don't think they are going to have 
as large customer base. So I don't know how many systems can they really afford to maintain, innovate, and implement in the cloud native technology. What's interesting about that, though, Sam, is even back to um, <clears throat> excuse me, your one of your first slides. They they still do uh, talk about our cloud based solution built for uh, office product dealers like you. Uh, right down there at the bottom. So yeah. even, even with software, uh, you know, created in the in the 80s, it seems they're still still capturing the uh, cloud-based solution. Everybody's cloud, Dave. Okay, so in this particular case as well, they might be cloud. To be honest, okay, uh, the way in most cases, at least these products are probably going to be just hosted cloud, meaning they are hosting it in their data center. So that's the only difference. Sometimes you might require VPN, sometimes you might not. Uh, but as such, the product is same. This is not cloud is supposed to be in cloud. Word in general is overused in the ERP industry. When you talk about the real cloud cloud experience, you are talking about re-architecting it for cloud, which is a very different product than what you are going to get here. And by the way, even if it is completely re-architected, the back end. So there are typically three layers in any software products. You are going to have a front end. You are going to have a service layer just at a minimum level. I mean, there could be 15 layers. At a minimum level, you are going to have a front end. You are going to have some sort of service layer and you are going to have a database layer. Okay. So most companies, what they have done, even they, if they might be on COBOL uh, from right. the back end <laughs> or mainframe, okay, the front end might be prettier. So the companies or the customers, the only thing they are going to see is those pretty screens. <laughs> they, so what, what's the risk in those situations, Sam? I mean, there's lots of systems out there. I mean, you, you mentioned about stating the cloud is overused. I, I'll profess that almost every definition in the ERP industry is overused. So here is uh, my take, and I will ask a question to you, Andy, and uh, tell me what your experience is going to be, okay? So let's say you are looking at two cars. You have never bought a car. You don't understand. You are not a mechanic. You don't understand how cars are supposed to work, okay? So you are looking at, let's say, 2023 Ferrari, okay? You just don't understand how big the brand is Ferrari, okay? It might it's a look daily like driver Ferrari. Exactly, exactly. Now let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Nissan Sentra, okay? And that is kept right yeah. by it. And you don't sort of understand. Maybe you know you are gonna feel maybe Ferrari is prettier just because of the design and everything. You might feel that maybe you are gonna get some benefit, but you are not sure why you are getting it. Okay, so here Nissan Sentra 1996, and you have literally painted the way Ferrari looks. Okay, you have probably changed the body of how Ferrari looks. You have probably put the logo. That's not happening. Racing strike. <laughs> so if I do that, Andy, and you just don't know how cars are supposed to work, okay? So you tell me how the experience is going to feel. Let's say if you're driving a 1996 car with some cosmetic... <laughs> Fixes. Well, I, I, you know, that's that's a really simplified metaphor, and I understand what you're describing there. But specifically, what is the risk to companies when because every ERP on the planet says they're cloud today. You know, it's like it's like every system on the planet says they can do shop scheduling. Yeah. But everybody, but you have to get you have to go into the covers to find out what that really means. So, what is the risk for companies that think they're getting a cloud-based product, but really it's a you know, single tenant or, or whatever it is. So let me tell you what is going to be the risk, okay? Now, when yeah. you are going to be driving that car. So as soon as you are going to start, <laughs> obviously it's not going to work. You have to drive five times. Keep rotating your key. Okay, so that's how ERP systems are going to work because the underlying technology, what you are trying to do is you are trying the new fixes that are designed for the new world with the older technology underneath. Not compatible, guys. So they what, don't work so what well. can happen? What can that result? Training time is going to be like 5x, okay? It's going to be super frustrating for the users. The way the UIs are going to work, they are not going to be compliant with the modern design. So when you are going to be switching from, let's say, your Salesforce to those applications, it's going to be, it's going to feel as if you are in 1980s, even though it might look prettier. <laughs> so there is a real financial loss there. If you really account for the operational efficiency, how long it takes for you.
okay and how many times you it just a very different i don't know how people can feel motivated in those kind of systems to be honest it's it's very frustrating in general i don't know if you guys can relate with that or not <laughs> yeah, the the only only thing you could rate relate with is that so many people out there have the credo of if it, if it ain't broke don't fix it so if their new version now comes out in the cloud whatever that means they go with it yeah and that's a problem but think of the other employees who are going to be joining new so your existing right. employees may be okay just because they have learned that they have been using it for lots of years so obviously that change management piece is extremely trickier with them they like to see the way things work and sometimes it's also challenging for the vendors because they cannot lose that experience <laughs> because those old employees they still like that experience <laughs> So it's very, very, very tricky. Thanks. Okay, sir. if you guys don't have anything else, then the other point I wanted to cover on this one is this is a very quick books like uh, experience in general. The number of fields that you are going to have, they are very limited. In my mind, even though these guys call this as ERP, it's not a real ERP. Okay, it's an app. There is a massive difference between an app and an ERP. ERP is supposed to be customizable. It is supposed to have thousand. and sometimes millions of ways of doing things so that you can optimize your processes this is an app if you have to do a lot of things in this then you are either coding from the back end so again designing an app is very easy any intern can design that designing an erp that can work in many different situations that can provide the business agility is very different way in more complex exactly this is an app it's not supposed to be an erp okay so here the number of fields that you are going to have i mean that's good enough probably for dealers i am not i didn't notice anything different to be honest in this particular patch your netsuite of the world will work i just don't see any challenge why they could not work the only challenge is going to be really those integrations to be honest so i didn't notice anything specific in terms of the business processes the only differences are going to be really those integrations as well as your pod which is extremely challenging in general then the punch out integration those are going to be challenges but overall from the data structure perspective not much of a difference then here we have some of the very interesting order statuses now as you can see these are very fixed as well typically you want to at least have some flexibility there in terms of your order statuses right because you might have very different order cycle you might have very different financial cycle you might have very different operational cycle you might have very different sales cycle so if you are not going to have that flexibility then you are simply taking whatever you know you are taking i guess from the software perspective so it's going to be a very rigid business model in general but that's okay when you are really small now the sequence is a very interesting one as well and the sequence i think we saw <laughs> in two or three instances if you guys remember okay and the sequence i believe this is and i could not find much documentation in terms of what sequence is supposed to mean here but here you have the line status right by it so i think this is the same functionality that we saw in the case of your apicore clips i don't know if bistrack had that but this is going to be relevant when you are sort of releasing and this uh, process is very common in a lot of different spaces where you are going to have this blanket order and sometimes this is a process issue okay so they are going to have a blanket order but they need to release each time when the customer is going to call hey i need 100 i need 200 but then you are also going to have life cycle of those releases and that's where the real trick is so if it is the real blanket order then any erp systems can handle that but when you are talking about the life cycle of each of those releases it's, it gets really tricky <laughs> i don't know if the mainstream erp systems can work then you probably need very thick ip on top of that because that's a very thick development that you need to do again it happens in this industry as well so i think you know any of the i would say the channel centric uh, spaces where they are they have to work with large oems because they don't have much of a cloud with oems so oems are going to say this is what i want from you do it or i will work with somebody else so i guess these guys need to comply with them and that's why they have to have this okay if you guys don't have any comment i can keep going no sure so here this review is coming from 7 months ago and here they are saying i've been with ddms software with five companies starting in 1989 so this is probably coming from a consultant and by the way this consultant is in retail industry 11 to 50 employees and that's probably the right edge retail they are saying but retail in the office supply space i currently work with three dealers in three different states to make sure by the way this is not going to be a pure play retail 
because you are not going to have all of those merchandising issues here. You might be doing open to buy inventory planning, but that's probably the extent of it. I currently work with three dealers in three different states to make sure that GDMS works for the way they do business. I worked with, went from 23 employees doing 4 million a year to 14 employees doing 6 million a year. And in my mind, I think that's the average that you are looking at for this product. When you are in that patch, that's where you know you are going to get most value. But when once you are going to be at roughly 10-ish, then you probably will outdo this. Now, they are complaining about DDMS+. Plus. The access to the data has become more complicated. So they are definitely doing a little bit of cloud version. That's why they are DDMS+, Plus. I think, is meant to be more of cloud hosted in ECI's data center. So they are not providing access to data before that they had access to data. So they were comfortable with it, but now they don't have that. So they are complaining about that. So they have a little play. I mean, they are probably utilizing all the things that are going to be in their favor from the cloud perspective. The more control you are going to have on data, <laughs> the easier it is going to be for you to retain the customers. So OEMs are really smart in doing that, but obviously you are going to lose a lot of control. So that's probably a con there for you. This is coming from five months ago. And here we have another con. Uh, we have DDMS Plus is just way slower than your legacy DDMS. And you have no idea how slow this is going to be. And by the way, this is still 11 to 50 employees, which is probably a very small operation in general. And once it gets to, let's say, 100 employees, 200 employees, you know, it's probably going to explode. <laughs> Because it's not really designed for that kind of workload. Well, this guy's specifically uh, targeting the performance on the new version. So that might be implying the new version is the cloud version. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a case. And they are not happy about cloud because, I mean, these guys are going through this migration right now. Okay. Mm. The other vendors have gone through the same journey probably in 2015, 2016. That's when, you know, I think Info Abacore started in general. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. So these guys are just six years behind uh yeah well you know it, 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 i've always found it, it when you're taking a legacy system and migrating into the cloud the performance is the first thing you notice yeah 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 could not agree more some more comments here 2020 ddms legacy sql based big brother okay so seems like it is sql based which is fascinating and here we are talking about director of information technology Mid market 51 2000 employees. Okay. Now, depending upon their transaction volume, I'm fascinated that they are able to use this. But, you know, everybody thinks ERP differently, depending upon how they are going to be using it. Sometimes they are only using for financial reporting. You can probably do a lot of, even the enterprise companies can run on DDMS and they are not going to have a lot of problems. But, you know, when you get into that operations planning, MRP workload, that's where the real play is overall from the performance perspective. So here, we don't know the scope of ERP in their implementation. Uh, so it's very hard to guess whether they are going to have problems or not. But here, uh, you know, one thing you know that these guys are on SQL, which is fascinating for a product as small as this one. They are on SQL based. I appreciate that in general. And ECI, I think, has made that change that everybody needs to be on uh, SQL because of that data integrity that they would be needing. Otherwise, it's probably not an ERP, to be honest. <laughs> well, look at the size of this company, though. It's probably a pretty good size. That's what I'm saying. So depending upon how they are using and depending upon the depth of the transaction, how many transactions they have, because sometimes businesses could be all over the place, right? So it's very hard to compare that, okay, whatever worked for this guy, would it work for me? Probably, probably not, depending upon your transactions, depending upon how you are using it. I love that it's SQL based, whereas they had before was DBF based. And DBF is not the first time that we are seeing. I think we have seen this in case of, and you guys need to remind me, I believe Cispro was on DBF. Uh, no, I don't think so. DBF, no. what does that stand for? Do you know? That's the file-based database. What is that, it? That's the file-based database from mainframe world. And Cispro uh, was on COBOL previously and, and CI SAM files, but yeah, DBF, I've never heard that one. Some file-based database, I guess. In my mind, I just like to compare them in the generalized manner. So here, you know, as long as that is going to be file-based, so DBF, and that is also, that was file-based. They moved to SQL-based. Um, yeah. 
So sometimes the vendor could be different, the technology could be different, but the underlying principles are going to be similar in your file-based data structure versus your SQL-based data structure. I like the new Opus toolbox that puts Opus-related things right in one area, and I think that is the admin control that they are talking about. What is I, it? The admins in which? This is the admin control. Oh, admin and, control. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they provided some sort of admin control that they have far more control in general. So it is a very similar concept mm-hmm. as the way other cloud vendor has sort of provided the database access. Uh, you know, you can create new fields, you can update your fields right within the application. If you go to N4 Apicore, they are either going to provide you a admin portal or the access is going to be available right inside the app, right? So here they have provided that. So that's why they are happy. But as such, the only thing you can do is you can really update your fields, create new fields, access those, but you are not going to have real IT IT capabilities to be able to do the scenarios that you were able to do uh, let's say in the IT days, when you had a lot more control, where you can literally take the backup, spin off new instance, create new test instance. That's all not possible in the world of cloud. The, the next sentence is kind of interesting. I like that it's all exactly. based via RDP connection. Isn't that kind of an oxymoron? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying, guys. I mean, sometimes they have, no, it's pure cloud. RDP yeah. connection. RDP is we, yeah, look, we use an RDP. We have a, we have a VPN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. VPN on cloud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this yeah. is the director of IT that wrote this, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Director of IT. No excuse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what do they dislike? They still have things in uh, graphical GDMS that just kicks you to text-based GDMS. Can you believe this? Okay, so one time you are seeing a screen, all of a sudden you are going to get a blue screen. (laughs) (laughs) Not one that you like. (laughs) Right, because the whole code is not migrated and that's why this would happen. So the underlying technology is still very mainstream based the way, and that's how sometimes they might have complete control on the UI layer so that customers never see that. But in the back end, you still have the same thing. Same old, same old. Okay, it's very dirty underneath. And when you are going to have the dirty laundry underneath, you know, you're never going to feel comfortable in your new clothes. <laughs> what a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> She's Dave's eyes doing this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it's okay. really frustrating, guys. The people who really understand this, who can see things, okay, see things through. For them, it's really uncomfortable, I'm telling you. So here, can't expect them to know a lot. PCI compliance legacy does not support credit card tokens, so you have to store your customer credit card data within GDMS. Can you believe this? Interesting. Okay, so now they have figured out the PCI compliance before nobody really cared uh, because these businesses were really small. Um, who cares? Now, it's up to you whether you want to transact with this these businesses or not Yeah, <laughs> because they are keeping your credit card information <laughs> in database. Yeah, sounds not very secure. Uh, Andy, I'm not too sure about that. I just don't want to transact with them. <laughs> wow. Okay, there you go. <laughs> hey, uh, it, you know, there's, hey, they say there's over a thousand ERPs on the market, and here's another one. Yep, exactly. But, Andy, you'll be shocked uh, with the loyal followings. These they, they love it, eh? Products. Oh, they absolutely love it. Well, you um, know what? <laughs> You know, we talk about every week. We talk about uh, you know reasons why systems are failing or or, or 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 technologies that are not quite. And nothing is more important than having customer satisfaction. You know, that's number one. If your customers like you, I don't care if it's old technology. It's you got a great product. Well, Andy, I, I, to that point, you know, and and you kind of make this point uh, from time to time, but it's 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 super relevant, right? Like. You you only know what you know. And so if your only experience is in and around a system like this or this versus, let's say, QuickBooks, uh, you know, it's all about your experience. And so, you know, all of that factors into the reviews and and everything else. um, And that that all becomes relevant, you know, even from the, the cloud standpoint and, you know, people as they're going through this process to say, well, that's, you know, a high priority. 
well, have you worked in in that environment before? Have you seen, you know, the positives and negatives of cloud versus on-prem? You know, have you ever experienced an outage in a in a cloud-based system? Have you experienced one in an on-prem prem system? You know, right? And and the literature can say anything about ninety nine point nine eight percent uptime because yeah. of data center redundancy. Well, I could say, you know, I never sleep, but you know, the reality is, you know, <laughs> I'm tired. Exactly. <laughs> I need exactly. to rest. Everyone <laughs> it's the same, you know, it's the ERP. same thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sorry, Dave. <clears throat> no, no, I just go ahead. Everyone's opinion of their current ERP is completely relational to their previous experiences. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like when you, it's like what I teach in my webinars and stuff, you know, like one of the things people will do right near at the end of making a decision is ask for references. So I'll say I'll say, well, that's great. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever applied for a job? And they all say, yes. Did you give them your resume? Yep. Did you have references on the resume? Yep. How many of them didn't like you? And, of course, they smile and laugh. Because, uh, and, but if you are talking to references, and they are objective at some level. Yeah. The one question I always tell them to ask is, what did the guy use before? Yeah. Because then you have perspective of their opinion today. Because, they, everyone can say that QuickBooks is phenomenal or Sage 50 yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. That's because they used to be manually. Yeah. Right? So it's all relative. Dave, more commentary? No, not really. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think to, to everybody's point and, and, you know, similar things that we talk about, um, you know, for the right fit, right? Like, and there's obviously a fit for a, a specific niche and a specific size business. Um, you know, you, you would probably be hard pressed to find something with a similar amount of functionality for the cost. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably know, a reasonable price. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that it is to, you know, keep people on it. Um, mm -hmm. What's interesting to me about some of these smaller solutions, right, because I think they because they're trying to pack so much uh, functionality into such an attractive price. To me, it's really interesting that as they have to do some different kind of developments on the technology side, just to keep things working back to Sam's point of, you know, you're, you're trying to make two things that shouldn't be compatible, compatible. Um, it's interesting to see how decisions like that may eventually force people's hand yeah. to identify a new solution um, just because, you know, at some point it's got to catch up with you and you can't possibly maintain the functionality for the, the attractive price. So it'd be interesting to me. It's just interesting for some of these really niche products, you know, to have that thought process. But, you know, I think we're years and years away from anything like that. Yeah. Andy, more comments? No, Sam, thank you very much for inviting me again today. We still have four minutes, so I have a question for you guys. Uh, you know, yeah. we can, uh, so we can probably address that. So one of the things that I personally struggle with these uh, products, and when you, let's say if you are a customer, and Dave, you have been a customer. Andy, I don't know if you have ever been a customer, uh, you know, of ERP, where you had to face. No, I don't uh, trust ERP. Uh, another ERP, <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> Andy that was could doing be sales fun. calls on me. <laughs> that, that could be fun. <laughs> okay. So let's say if you uh, if you are dealing with salespeople, right? Obviously, that could be hard in general. And one of the decisions that you have to make is whether to go for this product or go for something like NetSuite SAP Business One, where you are going to have very thick IP because you are probably going to be needing very thick IP in this particular case because otherwise it's not going to work. Or right. you are looking at millions and millions of dollars in that custom development, custom integration, and depending on the quality of developers, to be honest, okay? Yeah. And sometimes they are going to code the hell out of the system and it might not work. And sometimes it might be so poorly documented that, you know, you might be spending $5 million per year <laughs> in the maintenance. So the question for you guys is, okay, let's say you were to decide, obviously there are going to be pros and cons of both of the approaches. Would you go for something like this or would you go for... NetSuite plus IP, Microsoft plus IP, SAP plus IP. Dave, I'll start with you. You know, maybe describe the pros and cons and in which scenario, which one you are going to consider. Yeah, I mean, it's really a challenging decision, right, to just lay it out there. The more that I am involved, you know, in and around the technology piece specific to ERP and 
the process development side of things. And then you see, and it doesn't matter kind of what the smaller solution is. I'm going to talk about it from a, a generality standpoint, right? And you can lump QuickBooks into that, right? You can lump some of the, the kind of mainstream smaller uh, solutions in there. I think when you look at it from the macro and ask yourself something about if I'm building out my business and I understand kind of the trajectory of what I believe the growth to be, I understand my business processes today uh, and I understand the kind of, you know, the power behind why I'm making a decision or, or, or at least entertaining a decision to go down one of these paths. I think that the the best dollars end up being spent in a larger solution that is more flexible and customizable. And then things about my business change, my business processes yeah. change, because in the long run of things, if you're on a trajectory and let's say you're a $15 million your company today yeah. and you're on a growth trajectory of doubling that in the next five years, you're going to go through two implementations. And while you may not be to the point that you can justify, you know, one of the larger solutions in the long run, you will be further ahead and not having to go through two implementations and redesigning business processes, re-implementing from a, a cultural and people standpoint. I just think you, I think you're short-sighted if you're only considering something very specific to your particular business, because everybody knows, you know, inputs, things change, businesses change um, over the course of time. And, and you could be walking yourselves into a, another investment in a, in a short period of time. So that's, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. Uh, Andy, would you agree with Dave's assessment or what's going to be? Uh, yeah, generally speaking, I mean, you never want to get a system that's just good enough for where you are today because everyone plans to grow. Everyone plans to evolve. So you want to get a system that's got that's not going to paint you into a corner. There's no question. But you know, I've said this before many, many times. The number one way to find out whether a system is going to do what you want is not to sit through sales demos, because there's no way you can come across, come out with the facts that you need that's going to impact your business. What you want to do is ask every vendor, every ERP product you're talking to for a list of customers that are similar, that are using critical requirements that you need, that are a similar size, maybe similar IT staff. You know, you don't want to be talking to a reference that's got an IT team of 30 people when you don't have anybody at all. You, you want to talk to people that are representative, that will be have a similar experience that you're going to have. And then, and then this is the trick. Find out what they don't like, not what they like. Yep. Because you have to live with it. Yep. So you want to know what they don't like prior to putting pen to paper so you can work around it and strategize how to overcome those obstacles. But we all, you know, when we're, you know, we talked, we joked about references and having them on our, on our, on our resumes when we apply for jobs and which ones you put on there. Well, when a company calls a reference, usually it's been delegated down to someone who doesn't want to do it anyways. And they call and they say, hey, do you like it? Yep. Okay. Thank you. Good morning. And that doesn't mean anything. Find out what. <laughs> Trying to get off the phone. Every system they don't like. Every system has things yeah. that are cons. Find out what the cons are. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just add one thing to that point, Andy. I mean, how many instances and implementations have you been a part of where people say, you know, boy, if I would have known this going in, oh, every I would have changed you know, yeah. I would have changed X, Y, Z about it. Yeah. 100%. So, you know, it's, it's there, there's, uh, there's a lot of power in what you just said, uh, in terms of finding out what you've got to live with from a functionality standpoint. One of the persons that was on my, on my webinar last week, one of the audience participants mentioned that they had been with a previous company and I can't remember what type of company it was. I think it might have been a manufacturer. I'm not sure, but they, they spent a year. A whole team evaluating, sitting through demos, doing this, doing that. And it was the amazing thing is, is that this guy's one critical requirement was never met in any of the systems they looked at. But he was only one vote. He got outvoted. But anyways, they go through all these demos and all that kind of stuff. And now they bought one of the Dynamics products. And he left the company when they were nine months into the implementation. And it was still probably a few more years of that. And it was nothing like they thought during the demo, right? 
What a waste of time. Amazing, guys. I uh, agree with you both. And uh, we were four minutes short, and now we are four minutes over. That's probably the reality of the ERP implementation. We can never be on time. (laughs) You didn't receive my change order, Sam. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) On that note, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. That's it for today. And if you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution or the vendor. On that note, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. Have a great uh, rest of your day, everyone. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. C-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about ND Pratico, head over to ESSoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Christine Vaughn Pender, who discusses the procurement process for food packaging equipment. Also, the interview with Rob Rastovich, who shares his insights into how Industry 4.0 technologies can drive customer experience. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.